Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1,567. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. I'm revved up and so excited to share with you today a very special guest calling in from New York, Mount Vernon, New York. His name is Henry May. Henry Atwell May is the author of the book First Black Autos, a story of passion, perseverance, and achievement. It's a nonfiction story that some of the most knowledgeable automotive enthusiasts know nothing about. The story is about the Charles Richard C.R. Patterson & Sons Company. It's an African-American automobile manufacturing company. Patterson Greenfield buggies, motor cars, buses, and trucks were manufactured from the early 1900s to 1937. Henry was born in New York during the Great Depression. He's an Army veteran. Thank you for your service. And he had a very successful 35-year career in education. In addition to being an author, Henry is a board member of the Audubon Society of New York State and a board member of the Bronx River Sound Shore Audubon Society chapter in Westchester. We're going to be back in a minute to learn a lot more about Henry and this fascinating story. Actually, it involves his family, but first a word from our valued sponsors that make Cars Yeah! possible. So sit tight and we'll be right back. When it comes to your vehicles, things can get a little messy. Rain, snow, salt, mud, dirt, and everything Mother Nature comes up with can hurt the finish of your vehicles, both inside and out, like that bird on the branch up above your car. I'm not worried, though, because I've used Covercraft products on my ride since 1975. That's right, since 1975. Today, Covercraft offers you a total solution for vehicle protection. They make the best fitting, finest made car covers in the world and offer a wide variety of materials, colors, and options that protect your paint and the interior, whether your car is inside or outside. Plus, they keep your car cool when it's parked in the sun. Live where it's really sunny all the time? (laughs) Lucky. Covercraft covers and sunscreens are the best. If you've got pets, messy kids, messy in-laws, Just plain messy friends, Covercraft seat covers are the perfect fit and perfect solution for keeping your seats looking new. They're easy on, easy off, and they're easy to wash too. And don't forget Covercraft's custom fit floor mats and trunk liners, plus they're very handy seat back organizers. They are must-haves for all your vehicles. Your car, your truck, your van, or whatever you drive will say thank you. And I've got a deal for you. If you use the code YEAH120, that's Y-E-A-H-120, at Covercraft.com, you can get 10% off your Covercraft order. Just go to Covercraft.com, check out all the products they have to protect your vehicles, use the code YEAH120 at checkout, and get that 10% discount. That's Covercraft.com, and use YEAH120 at checkout. Covercraft, they've got you covered. Kevin Buckler is a winning racer and team owner of the Racers Group. He has over 100 professional wins, multiple wins at the 24-hour of Daytona, and a win at Le Mans. Kevin realized the racing world is about the people and founded Adobe Road Winery. He and his team have created a winning combination with 
the Racing Series, four ultra-premium red wine blends that are in a class of their own with a racing twist. Just like in racing, these wines comprise of art, precision, engineering, science, superb taste, all blended together with a whole lot of fun. There are four carefully crafted blends with race-inspired names, Redline, Apex, Shift, and the 24. When you purchase all four, you get the entire lineup in a beautifully designed gift box. There's a printed description of the blends inside the box lid, and every bottle is parked in a protective die-cut placeholder. The bottles feature three-dimensional labels, and I promise you'll want to keep them after enjoying these delicious wines. The box is so cool, you'll want to keep it too. The Racing Series is a killer gift for the automotive enthusiasts in your life, and I have a deal for you. If you use the code CARSYEAH, all one word, all caps, at checkout, you'll get $10 off any purchase of wine from the Racing Series. Your wine ships promptly and arrives quickly. Use the code CARSYEAH at checkout for $10 off on your purchase today. There's always a seat at the table for excellence, with the Racing Series. Go to adoberoadwines.com and use the code CARSYAT today to get your deal. Cheers. Hey, Henry, welcome to Cars Yeah, my friend. Are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Oh, yeah, I certainly am, but thank you for calling. Well, absolutely. You know, I always like to start this journey together with my guests by asking you, what's one little thing that most people don't know about Henry May? Oh, boy. Uh, well, a lot of people don't know that uh, at one time I did play basketball. Uh-huh. They look at me and they, and they say, wow, he's tall. But I did play basketball for my high school team. And that's not something that a lot of people would would realize. And I was pretty good at it at one time. Cool. But it's it's a tough life. And and now to, nowadays you hear so much about Great basketball players, uh, and and unfortunately now with the virus, uh, a lot of teams are not playing. And I know that's, that's kind of, kind of sad to see, but uh, this is a new way of life. Well, hopefully, this new way of life will leave us as soon as possible, so we can get back <laughs> to the great way of life that we had going before. You know, we're going to have a fun ride today, Henry, because I'm fascinated by this story. I read your book last night. It's an incredible, oh. incredible journey. But I want to start by asking you for a success quote or a mantra, some kind of saying that has meaning for you. You were an educator for 35 plus years. I would assume there's some great quotes that stick in your mind. It's a nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars. Yeah. So, Henry, grab the wheel. Yeah, well, one of the things that as an educator, I'm retired now, but as I, I don't think teachers ever really retire. I had to come to that conclusion last week because I'm still involved in informal education. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that I used to tell my students when they would come into the class, and this would be all during the year, you don't know everything, <laughs> but there is nothing you can't learn. So what happens is is that uh, we have this this business of a limited amount of knowledge, and students come into your class with a limited amount of knowledge, but there's so much that they don't know. And I don't think that they really ever had the idea of why they're in your class. They're in your (laughs) class because because they want to learn about some things that they don't know about. Right. So 
that kind of opens the door for young people, but it also opened the door for me, and it opens the door for people who have grown beyond the, the school age and out of high school, out of college. Yeah. Uh, with all the things that we know, we don't know everything, and we're always kind of surprised by something that we don't know about. But it doesn't mean that we can't learn about it. Yes. And so, and so that's that's one of my mantras there. Well, you know, this brings to mind something that I learned much later. You know, when I was young and in school, you would take the dreaded test, right? You'd be nervous. You'd be up all night studying, hoping you could do a good job. And inevitably, you wouldn't know everything on the test, and you would miss a few things. And it always right. seemed to me that the focus was on what you failed at versus what you had learned, and also that the idea that those questions you missed were opportunities to learn more. But it wasn't really emphasized that way by teachers back then. It was just, well, you missed these two, so you got a B, not an A. Ugh. And, yeah. you know, you'd always yeah. feel defeated. So I like the fact that your concept, especially as an educator, is that you can always learn more. And I've got friends who are physicians who are lifelong learners. They have to be. Uh, it's the same with my next-door neighbor who's a pilot. He's always having to learn new things about flying. He said, I never know everything because they're always coming up with new things for these aircraft for us to learn. Exactly. So, yeah, it's a, it's a wonderful thing. Well, I want to jump into this book because I had a wonderful time last night. I sat down and poured myself a nice glass of Adobe Road wines. They're a new sponsor here on Cars, yeah, and uh, they make some incredible wines. So I poured myself just a little glass and sat down and enjoyed this book of yours. And it's a fascinating story, a fascinating ride. And I want to kind of start at the beginning a little bit. This seed for this book was planted in your mind, by your mother, because you were interviewing her, and she told you about her aunt and uncle, Fred Patterson. So without telling the whole story, because we want people to buy this, take us on a little bit of a journey that you've discovered that's something that I don't think too many people know about, and that is the journey of Charles Richard C.R. Patterson and the building of automobiles. Yeah, it's something that my mother... Uh, knew about. And I'd like to just start there. There are a lot of things that our parents know about that we don't hear about. Uh, a lot of history that's in the heads of the elders. We don't find out about this stuff. Uh, and this was just happenstance. My mother's an artist. And I start with her. She a, was a, a great piano player and played with the all-girls band uh, and traveled around the country, jazz musician, and, and played in bars and grills and clubs and dance halls and barns all over the country, and um, did other things, too. Uh, but she talked, uh, 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 was invited to come on a radio show, and the, the host of the show didn't have any information about her. Uh, she was recommended by another great jazz artist, but she went on the show and was sitting there with some great musicians and artists and what happened was that the host at the end of the show was blown away by all the things that she had done and the people she knew and he said you know you need to have a bio or something because you're a fascinating person <laughs> yes and and i was really just going along with you uh but you informed me about a lot of things. So she asked me, she said, you know, he wants me to have, he thought I should have a bio, so if I ever went on another show, I'd have something to give to the host. Mm. So I said, well, I could do that. And I started writing a little bio. And I, you know, you start out, when were you born? Where were you born? What kind of games did you play and whatnot? 
And so she went down a list of things like that. And then I said, well, what was the summer like? What, what did you do when you were a kid in the summer? And she told me the story of visiting her aunt and uncle in Ohio. And that was the beginning of this thing called the car story. Yes. And I belonged to a group of writers. And so what happened is that I, instead of a, a bio for a show hosts, it ended up that she wanted me to do her memoirs. She had a lot of stories that she wanted to tell mm. that I had never heard of. I looked at my mother. She was a different person. She <laughs> yes. wasn't my mother anymore. Yeah. You know, you begin to realize that she had love affairs before she married my father. And I'm saying, <laughs> oh, my God. So yeah. you're learning things like that. Yeah. And that she did, ha she did have a childhood and that her father and mother loved her as much as she you know, so you, a, a different orientation, a different perspective. Yes. And here I am copying down all these stories that she's telling me. And she's telling me the story of her playing with her cousins around some factory in, in Ohio. And it didn't, it didn't register with me. And, and, and so I'm reading in front of my writer's group. And you have to, they're the ones that critique your stuff. And if it's not well written, they'll tell you. And their only reason, and they can be brutal because they they want you to write good stuff. Right. They don't want you to write some trash. They so you think you oh I'm I'm doing a great job, and they stop me in the middle of, and they don't usually do that. They don't usually stop you. They let you finish the piece that you're uh, reciting and mm -hmm. reading to them, and they stop me and said, "Are you telling us that somebody in your family, a distant relative?" had a car manufacturing company in Ohio. <laughs> yeah, amazing. And then it dawned on me that, hey. I guess I did. <laughs> but all of these people are well-read. They, they read a lot. You, they, they're researching and referencing stuff all the time. And none of them had ever heard of a manufacturer, an, an African-American family manufacturing cars. Yeah. None of them. Yeah. And they said, well, you need, forget about your mother's memoirs. Yeah, right forget now. about your mom. Let's <laughs> talk about your uncle. <laughs> yeah. We want to hear about this piece of history. That's yes. the way they looked at it. Yeah. That nobody knows anything about. So that's how it got started, Bill Mark. Wow. Uh, and referencing the material, getting the material, visiting Ohio has been a journey for me. And, uh, uh, I never expected that that would be something that I would end up doing. And I've met people in different places and, and seen things that I not, would not have normally seen relative to cars, relative to transportation, mm -hmm. if it hadn't been for trying to get information about this book. And it's, it, it has been a trip. Yeah, a trip indeed. Well, let's segue into my next question here because – I want to plant a little thought in the listener's mind. This is a story okay. about Charles Richard Patterson, who, who actually ran away from a plantation as a slave, ran away, uh, found his way north, started his own business with tools that he carried on this journey, started helping people fix buggies and so forth that evolved into this story. And that, that's all I'm going to share right now because I don't want to give away too much. But I want to ask you this, Henry. Okay. As you re started to research this, what was the biggest yes. challenge that you faced? Oh, 
Well, the challenge is my ignorance. <laughs> I, I, you don't, you don't, you don't even know. What, <laughs> That's all of our challenge. What, <laughs> we all have that challenge, <laughs> you Henry. <laughs> you, you don't know what question to ask, and so yeah. you stumble around and you let people. If you let people know what it is that you're looking for, some of them will can point you in the right direction, and this is true throughout life. So, yes. so I'm learning from uh, just a quest for. Uh, information. And I stumble over some stuff and I'm, I'm saying, well, wait a minute, I have a, a cousin that, that lives in Dayton, Ohio, who was a distant cousin who was married to the last, she's a, a, a member of the family. I need to visit her since I'm going to be out that way. Mm-hmm. And she pointed me in the direction and showed, told me where to go and that kind of thing. And I, I was able to gather information along the way like that. But, you know, if you let people know what it is that you are trying to do, they will lead you in the right direction if they have any information. If not, they'll tell you, well, gee, I don't know anything about that either. Yeah. And yeah. come to find out that so many people, there were bits and pieces of information all scattered all over the place mm-hmm. because this is history and it did happen. It did happen. So it's it's not something that's that's hidden away. It's something that happened, but it was maybe insignificant. Yeah. Somebody. Okay. Yeah. He he used to do this over there. Oh yeah, I remember him and and that kind of thing. But when you put it all together in a book, and that's the that's the difficult part of writing a book is that you have to get the sequence fairly correct. Right. Uh, this happened, this happened, this, and this led up to this. And then, and then people can see, wow, what a journey that is. But for me to have to do all of that has really been an exciting part of my life. I really, uh, you know, I've enjoyed it. And, and I'm, I'm so glad that I was able to do it. A lot of people are unable to do that. Absolutely. You know, one of the things yeah. that stood out to me about your relative, Charles Richard, or CR as he was known, Patterson, is this was a man who overcame so many obstacles and challenges. I mean, I can't, I don't think there's many people today that can imagine being a slave, much less than running away. Oh. You, you leave your family, oh. you leave your friends, yeah. even though maybe it was yeah. a dire situation, and you run north, you have no idea where you're going. You, you just exactly. run through the forest, you hide all the time, you're afraid you're being hunted. He swam across a huge river with a bag of metal tools on his back so that he could keep his tools because he knew he had to work. And here's one of the great parts of this story that I loved. He had, he had developed this buggy company that evolved into an automobile manufacturing company. And he was getting parts from different suppliers, just like car manufacturers do today. And then a guy named Henry Ford comes along, buys the railway that was delivering, the tracks were delivering <laughs> parts to CR and says, uh-uh-uh, I don't want any competition from that guy named Charles Richard. And all of a sudden he had to be very very innovative again and figure out a way to get those parts to his factory. And by golly, the guy figured it out. It's, yeah. it's an incredible story. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, that was his son, believe it or not. By that, by the, t- by the time this was happening, Frederick, who was his son, uh, and he had made sure that he had gone to, he had made sure that he had gone to college. Frederick was headed in another direction. He was really a, a teacher himself. And he was affiliated with uh, Tuskegee University and black businessmen's cooperative of some sort. Mm -hmm. But then he realized, wait a minute, we have a family business. I need to go back 
and worked with my dad on that. And so he was the one that moved it forward. And then his son moved it forward. And so the book is really a story of the three generations that were involved in this car company, bus company. Uh, and it's a quick read. It really, I had to write it in such a way that it would be uh, something that young adults, that, that's a market in the, in the book business. Young adults is, a, is a, yes. a group of people that you write for. And so you, you try not to use long sentences and paragraphs that go for a whole page. You know, stuff has to move along. And so it's a quick read. I've had so many people tell me, damn, I read this book so fast that I had to go back and reread it again. And then information <laughs> began, to, began to come in. And the fact that you were able to sit down the other evening and I have so many people that communicate back with me, send me notes and things and say, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yes. It's, it's not a hard piece of history to comprehend. And, and so I'm happy about that. You know, something, yeah. something, happened, something happened to me recently. I used to refer to it as my book. Mm -hmm. And I stopped doing that. And I, I, I refer to it as the book. Mm. Because I think now after, what is it, 2006, it was first published, this is 2020, uh, after 14 years, this is a piece of history that, that I can't claim anymore as mine. <laughs> <You know? laughs> well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it belongs to everybody, uh, even though a lot of people have not read the book. And that's, that's, I'm glad that you were able to, to go through it and quickly. And, and if you go through it a second time, other things will begin to come. What you're talking about, you're talking, we're talking about people who are into cars. Uh, yes, uh, absolutely. And what's important to these people are the tools that they use, that they have in their shops. A, a real car enthusiast has got a whole set of wrenches that he, he wipes them off. And when he puts them away, he doesn't put them away all grungy and whatnot. And they're there for different size nuts and screws. Well, that was the same thing that was going on with C.R. Patterson when he ran away from that plantation. He took his kit of basic tools. Yes. And wherever he went, they knew that he was a serious mechanic. Yeah. A blacksmith. They, they knew that, because, not because of what he said, but because... He came with his own tool. Yeah, that showed that he was a master technician. You know, it's a really fascinating story. And I understand that um, it's published by Stalwart Publication, which you self-published, which is a very yes. cool. Definitely an incredible piece of history here that is just fascinating. And I'm so happy that I got to read this book, and I'm going to get to now share it with the thousands of Cars Yow listeners who listen to this show. We'll make sure at the end we'll let you know a way to get your hands on a copy of this and to share it with the young people in your life because it's a really a great story of perseverance and tenacity and entrepreneurship and uh, business building and so forth. So it's a fascinating read. We're going to take a short break. We're going to thank a few more sponsors here, and we'll be right back. So sit tight. If you're listening to Cars Yeah, you've probably spent some time working on your favorite ride. But how confident are you working on your finances? You may be able to rebuild a fuel injection system, but can you decipher the details of a mutual fund? If you're like me, investments, insurance, annuities, budgeting, and other financial concepts may seem a bit daunting. But what if I told you there's a book that describes these subjects and more in an easy-to-read and a very humorous way? My friend Chris Kimball, CFP, a longtime sponsor and past guest here on Cars Yeah, 
has written that book, and it's titled The Saga of Ike and Penny, A Couple's Humorous Journey Through the Confusing World of Finance. It's a fun look at things you need to know. Everything from investing to effective ways to get rid of credit card debt, and it's probably the only book on finance with a VMAX on the front cover and a classic Mini Cooper on the back. The book's available at Amazon for just $10, and this book will dramatically improve the direction of your financial future. I gave copies to each of my children. All securities are through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Christopher Kimball Financial Services is not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. Get your copy, The Saga of Ike and Penny, today. My favorite collector car magazine is Keith Martin's Sports Car Market. I've been a subscriber for decades. Sports Car Market is the Wall Street Journal for enthusiasts and collectors. It's your monthly must-read. Whether you dream of owning a collector car, maybe you have two, or maybe you've got 200. Sports Car Market has been around for 31 years, and it's filled with valuable articles, intelligent write-ups, and the latest auction sales. Go to sportscarmarket.com and subscribe today. And don't miss my weekly podcast with Keith Martin titled Buy, Sell, Hold. It's the essence of collecting. We talk to the movers and shakers in the collector car world. Here's a couple deals I have for you just for listening here on Cars Yeah. If you use the checkout code Cars Yeah, you'll receive a 50% discount on your digital subscription at Sports Car Market. That's an exclusive offer from Cars Yeah. And guess what? Here's another deal. If you'd like to get the actual magazine, use the code BSH. For buy, sell, hold, that's code BSH, and you'll get $10 off your annual print subscription. That's right, $10 off. Both of these are exclusive offers here at Cars Yow for Sports Car Market Magazine. Just go to sportscarmarket.com and get your deals today. All right, Henry, we're back, and I'd love for you to share a little bit about yourself here. I know that you have an old British car tucked away in a garage that you and I were chatting the other day on the phone, and I said, you need to get that out and enjoy that a little <laughs> bit. So so tell me a little bit about what instigated your passion for automobiles in your life, and you can share a little bit. We'll segue into that about this uh, this old British car that's tucked away in a garage that needs to see the sunlight. Oh, okay, <laughs> okay. You, you know, uh, for some people, Cars, uh, uh, automotive devices, uh, transport forms of transportation were in their life right from the day that they were born. Uh, but I'm a city guy. I was born in New York City, right in the heart of Harlem. And nobody that I knew, uh, the guys that I played with, and, and had a car. Mm-hmm. We all traveled on buses. We traveled on the subway. We traveled on, on taxi cabs. If that was a special thing, if you got a taxi cab and went somewhere. And we and as youngsters, we had bikes. But families didn't have cars. It, 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 it wasn't necessary in the city. And I can remember my grandmother coming to visit us from Philadelphia. And she drove a car, <laughs> a, a Ford Coupe, and it had rumble seats in the back. And we were so thrilled, and everybody in the neighborhood was looking at me like I was a champion that, that, the, the time that she came, because we were riding in this rumble seat in the back of my grandmother's car. Wow. And that was, that was the first car that I remember in the family. Uh, my grandfather, when he was working at Tuskegee, he was a part of the staff when they, when they first got started. He broke his arm with a Ford, cranking this car, and the, and and it was a, a kickback. Oh, and yeah. the crank hit hit his arm, and 
I can remember that there were people in my neighborhood that had cars that didn't have a starter. So the <laughs> they had the crank of, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the crank, yeah, they had to get in the front and, and whip that thing around. And yeah. some people were experts at it. Other people weren't so good at, at avoiding the handle if it was to kick back. Yeah. But for me, getting into the car business, my first introduction to driving something was when I was in the Army. And I was involved with uh, a, a depot uh, in Korea. Mm -hmm. And I was like second in charge. And I was dispatching people in, all over the place, trains, trains and trucks and cranes and stuff. And we were busy. And they had, they, they didn't have, we didn't have enough drivers. So I went out and got on something called, I don't know whether you uh, know this, a tow motor tractor okay. that pulled trailers around the warehouses and things like the trucks would load these little trailers and you see them at the airport, the, the little oh, uh, yes. motors that, yes. that, that pull the baggage carts up to the trains, uh -huh. up to the planes and whatnot. Well, I didn't need a license for that. I just got on and somebody showed me how to drive the, the thing. And so I was able to help when they needed help and they needed to move something to the warehouse. And so I would go out and get on this thing and, and crank it up and pull these wagons. Away. And then I went from that to a Jeep because I had to go and inspect what was happening on trains and things. So I, I learned how to drive in the service. Mm -hmm. And the next thing I knew, I was driving a three-quarter ton truck. <laughs> cool. that's, a little, little, that's like a little small pickup truck. Right. And finally, I, a deuce and a half, that's a two-and-a-half ton truck. That's a big monster of a truck, right. a big thing. And I had to get a, a, a certified on that. So, you know, we have the motor pool and, and, and I went out there and took the, uh, the exam and whatnot. And, and they saw that I knew how to maneuver the truck around. But I had plenty of practice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then before I came back to the United States, I said, wait a minute, I, I'm going to have to work when I get back to the city. I need to learn how to operate a crane. OK. There was a little 25 foot boom crane on a wharf. And this was at a time when we were loading barges to, to get rid of all this military equipment that had been delivered to Korea. Mm -hmm. And we were withdrawing. The peace treaty had been signed and, and, and the whole thing. And so there I am operating this crane. And I said, I need to be certified on this thing. And so I went to the motor pool and they made me go through exercises and whatnot. And, and because I had a background in industrial arts and, and that whole area, I understood about what they call the whole business of balance mm. and levers, ah, yes. physics. Yeah. <laughs> I knew yeah. that you, you can't pick up a big load and have your boom extended way out. No. Uh, you're going to tip that crane You'll over. You'll become a you, you, so Facebook page of a disaster <laughs> happening. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, we can see a lot of those out there. Yeah. So that was my introduction to the whole world of driving things. Now, when I came back to the city, I was certified as a truck driver and a crane operator, mm -hmm. military certification. Smart. Yeah. And my first, my first car was a Mercury that my father passed away and he had a Mercury and my mother gave it to me because she couldn't drive. And that was my What year was that, car. Mark? Oh, that was 1950. He, he got it. He, he had it uh, when I went into the service. So he must have had it in late 40s, okay. 1948, 1949, uh, Mercury passenger car. Yeah. And that was the first car that he had ever had, you know, uh, 
And so I, my mother gave it to me uh, when he passed away, and uh, I drove it around. It had a strange kind of uh, vacuum system on the windshield wipers, and I didn't like that because when you step down on the gas, uh, the windshield wipers would slow down, and sometimes they would stop. Oh, no. <laughs> in, the <laughs> yeah. rain, in the rain and in the snow, you want your windshield wipers to be going. But yeah. the win these windshield shield wipers were connected to the vacuum system on the engine, and, and and so when you stepped on the gas, the engine was taking up the vacuum and the windshield wipers would slow down. <laughs> Somebody didn't think that through. <laughs> yeah. And and then after that, I went into Volvo's. That that car had given good service, and I went into Volvo's, and I loved Volvo's. Uh, they were economical. Mm -hmm. And people in my neighborhood would say, why would you buy a little small car? So size had to, something that... They weren't thinking about the e economy. In that Volvo, I was getting 28 to 30 miles a gallon. There you go. And they had these big, what I call living rooms on wheels, these with the couch seats inside and these huge cars. And if they got 14 miles to the gallon, they were doing well in these Lincolns and these large cars. And here I am, tall as I am, driving this little Volvo. And uh, so... They began to see, well, wait a minute, yeah, he's getting twice as much mileage for a gallon of gas as I am in this big car. Yeah. And so I, they, stopped, they stopped bothering me. But I <laughs> yeah. realized that, that, that this automotive, the engine, the engineering that was going into cars because of the uh, fuel uh, problems that we had in the United States. In the 70s, yeah, the gas crisis. Yes, it, at that time, the gas was, you know, it was... There were times when there was no gas. Right. Yeah. People, people, young people today have no idea that actually. No idea. Yeah. Well, that's part of the history. That's part of the history. So I went from the Volvo and uh, one of the mechanics that I uh, was had servicing my Volvo, he had a Jaguar in his garage. And he said, would you like that? And I said, no, I don't think so. That's that's a, that's a that's a very expensive car. He says, well, I'm getting ready to move my shop. And I, I would sell it to you for a reasonable price. Mm. So I bought this Jaguar, and that was the finest car. It was such a smooth-running car. And it was expensive to get repairs done. When you took it to a Jaguar dealer, mm -hmm. you had to have big bucks in your, in your pocket. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I began to, that's when I started buying wrenches. And you had to buy these metric wrenches because. <laughs> and those funny size fasteners. What the heck was yeah, going on with yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. you did have a Volvo, so, so that was metric as well, right? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I, I, I could do them. I, I, I tuned up my own Volvos. I, 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 I did a, a good job with the Volvos. But the Jaguar was a test. And everything was metric. And everything was so finely measured. Yeah. And they had space, spaces that would uh, have to go in uh, so many me uh, And I'm saying, oh, my God, I need a mechanic, do, uh, uh, a book. <laughs> yeah. I ordered this. I ordered this book from Jaguar. It was the size of a telephone book. <laughs> <laughs> the complexities <laughs> of the British motor car. The, yes. <laughs> yeah. The, with, the, with all these beautiful little diagrams of what this part would do, what that part would do. And many a night I'd be laying on the floor up underneath my Jaguar, putting in <laughs> something or taking something out. But I had the book and 
the Jaguars been going for a long time, but I still got the book. <laughs> well, of course. Do you remember what uh, what yeah. model was that Jaguar? It was a four point one sedan, and it had a, a Bosch carburetors in there, and you and it had an extra carburetor that you had to turn on with a button on on the console in order to start it. And a lot of people, I never had to worry about somebody maybe trying to steal that Jaguar because I said, <laughs> if they don't know that you got to put that, that extra carburetor into play, they'll never get it started. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. The life of British yeah. car ownership. Well, here, here's a very introspective question for you, Henry. Okay. Uh, if you woke up tomorrow and you were a vehicle, you were actually manifest as a vehicle, not what you want to be, but how you perceive yourself as a vehicle, what would you be and why? Well, you know, there was a guy, unfortunately, he did, he wasn't able to bring it off, who was, uh, I think he was in Ireland, DeLorean. Oh, DeLorean, uh, oh, of course, yeah. yes. I would love to have had one of those, and I think they were uh, aluminum, so there was, yep. in, if you live in New York City with the salt and the rain and everything else, especially during the winter months, you, you want a vehicle that's going to be able to withstand the corrosion that would be caused by the salt and the rain. I would have loved to have had a DeLorean because you could custom fit it. And basically that's what, when I think about it, that's what Patterson was doing with his vehicles. You could custom fit the DeLorean with whatever seats you wanted in it, what kind of engine you wanted in the body, uh, and transmission and wheel size and, and, and uh, suspension. All, all those things were custom. I don't think they had a specific thing from their factory. And he was involved with some drugs or something of the sort, trying to support this, this company. What you need to do is listen to a guest of mine who is a past guest here on oh. Cars yeah. Now he's one of your alumni here at Cars yeah. His name is Barry Wills. And he, he wrote okay. a book titled John Z. The DeLorean and Me, Tales from an Insider. He was with John DeLorean from the very beginning when they started the oh, factory. Wow. And they started to build those cars all the way through the crisis and then the drug uh, deals yes. that he did. And he was literally yeah. the guy who liquidated the factory and shut the lights out and walked out the door oh, at the man. end. Yeah, it's a fascinating read. I'll make sure I put a link to that on Henry Shono's page for all you listeners to find. It's a fascinating book, a real insight story. So uh, you'll have to get your hands on one of those, Henry, and make sure that you wow. can uh, read all about it. All right. We're entering yeah. what I call the last lap. I'm going to fire off a series of questions and have you give me some very quick kind of one sentence answers here as we move through this. So here we go. What's one of your personal habits that you believe has contributed to your many successes in life? Oh, I had to learn this somewhere along the line, but I look and listen a lot now. I didn't used to do. I didn't used to do that. What I'm trying to do is read body language. Uh, if I'm, if it's a person, uh, if it's a situation, I try to look at the circumstances, and then I try to listen. Uh, and I guess this is part of my makeup and effort on my part to learn. Yes. So, yeah. and, and it goes back to the original uh, mantra that I had: is there a lot of things that you don't know but there's hardly anything that you can't learn. So yeah. by looking and listening, you, you can learn something about what is happening and, and who, who's making it happen. And, and if it's valuable, then it's something that you're going to want to be a part of continually. So that's the way it goes. 
A great book by Stephen Covey, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, and habit number five, my favorite. My listeners have heard this before. First, listen to understand, then speak to be understood. So it applies very well to your comments. Now, how about if I could arrange for you to sit down and have a drink or a meal with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased? (laughs) I'm silly to even ask this question of you, Henry. Who would you like to sit down and talk to? Oh, boy. Oh. It's got to be Charles Richard C.R. Patterson. Come on. Well, yeah, I would like to sit down and talk with him. I kind of, you know, when you do a research on a person, you actually get to know that person pretty intimately. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're not a mystery. They're not a mystery anymore. And I have a, a deep respect and a, a sense of uh, of who he was. There are stories that I know he could tell about how he acquired his skills and, and how and and that kind of thing. The person that, <laughs> that I would like to sit down and talk with, though, if I could sit down and talk with them, would be my grandfather. Mm. He was a very important person in the family and traveled all around the country. He was uh, involved with a lot. He was a, a presidential advisor at one time. Wow. And so there are things that he could tell me about life and about his life that I would appreciate. He helped me a lot also, you know, <laughs> when I was when I was a youngster. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember cursing out a teacher uh, because they were kept bothering me. Uh-oh. And, and so he, he sat down with me one day and said, um, and what did you tell that teacher? <laughs> and I told him all the, all the different things that that teacher could do to give me great gratification. <laughs> and he said, he said, and how did the teacher feel about that? I don't think she liked it. Yeah, I guess not. <laughs> he said, well, I'm going to tell you something. The teacher is being paid to bother you. <laughs> That's and funny. W- when she's not bothering you, that means that she's not doing her job. There you go. You changed your perspective. Yeah. Now you have to write a note to her apologizing for all the things that you said, and a note that would express your appreciation for the fact that she was bothering you. (laughs) And so he turned the whole thing around where I was really the culprit and the teacher was the heroine. Well, of course. And I had to sit up that day and that night and write this note and apologize to this lady. And she became one of the greatest teachers I had there you go. After that. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know whether he made me write that so that the teacher would not be offended and that she would realize that, that there was something about me that she needed to continue to work on or whether or not it was to put me in my place and, and let me know that you can't be haranguing teachers and telling them what they can do for your gratification when they're trying to do their job. So I I would like to learn more from him. Uh, Unfortunately, he's gone, but what a great man he was. Yeah. So he would be one of the people I would sit down with. And I would want to sit down with that guy that sold me that Jaguar and find out (laughs) (laughs) what he had in mind when he sold me that car, because it was a great car. It really was a great car. Mm, Uh, I had never ridden in a car that went rode so smoothly uh, when it was running. Uh, uh, people stopped and looked at me when they saw me in this car. 
I, I took good care of all changing the oil. I, you know, I got to know the car and I knew that it had to be serviced regularly and whatnot. Yeah. How about the best automotive advice someone else has ever given you? What would that be? Oh, my father. Mm-hmm. The first time that I borrowed the car to take, I guess I was going on a date and I, or I was taking some friends of mine to a party and he told me something that has stuck with me and something that I've told my children. It doesn't matter how fast you're going. There is always somebody that's going to pass you. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and I have found that to be the case. <laughs> I, if you're doing 65 miles, there's somebody that's going to be doing 75 miles. Yeah. If you're doing 75 miles, there's somebody that's doing 80 miles. There's <laughs> always somebody who's going to pass you. And so it doesn't that's a big mistake that car drivers make is they well, I'm going to get out here on the road and I'm going to get down the road and nobody's going to there is a truck loaded with steel is going to pass you. <laughs> <laughs> oh when my you're God. doing 85 miles an hour, that guy has got a delivery that he's got to make and he's going to pass you. <laughs> there you go. So, there you go. <laughs> so there's no there's no need for you to be out there speeding down and going above the speed limit because uh, it, it, it you want to get where you want to go, you know, that kind of thing. But that was a piece of advice that he gave me. And I found that to be true. There's always somebody going to pass you. Nice way to teach that lesson. Uh, how about a resource? Is there a go-to resource for you that you're really fond of that you could share? Well, I, I go to um, uh, YouTube now that I'm learning a little bit about this, this world of computers. And uh, on YouTube, I, I like all those programs that have to do with repairing old worn out things. They show you these guys uh, taking um, old motor scooters that have been sitting out in the yard for the last 20 years. And then they, I could sit there and watch them take it apart and clean the pieces and whatnot. And I'm saying, boy, I need to have a shop where I can do that. Uh, or a, a, a pump that's been out on out, outside somebody's barn and they take it in and they, and they restore it and repaint it. And then the thing, functions and whatnot. So those are some of the kinds of things that give me a certain amount of pleasure yeah. when I, there's nothing else on my mind. There you go. Yeah, YouTube, you can learn to do just about everything on YouTube. It's a great, great resource. And I'll remind our listeners yeah. uh, today that I'm going to put a link to Stalwart Publications, S-T-A-L-W-A-R-T, where you can get a copy of this fine book by Henry A. May, a wonderful book that we've shared today. Henry, here's one last little question for you. Okay. I'm going to buy you a very cool, fun, collectible car, something kind of unique and different, not a daily driver, but something you can go have some fun with. There are a couple rules to this game uh, since I'm buying the car. You can't sell it to buy a bunch of other toys with. Uh, you have to drive it. I want you to have fun with this ride. But it's the only one cool collector car that you can have parked in your garage. So what can I buy Henry May today? Well, you know, I like Fords, believe it or not. Uh, the old Model T Ford, especially with the uh, with the rumble seat in the back. It reminds me of my grandmother, the, the first car that I really enjoyed. And I remember a guy in the Bronx that used to rebuild Fords, those old Fords. Uh, and 
and the tops had to be made out of wood and some sort of, and, and, and he redid the engines and rebored the engines and redid all the springs underneath and whatnot. And he would have a, a Ford in his shop for months, months uh, working on it. And when it was finally rolled out, it looked almost brand new. And I said, he really is enjoying the skill of being able to work with materials and work with his tools. There you and go. he knew what he was doing. And he knew what he was doing. He had quite a few of them somewhere stored away. That's the only other problem is that when you have these exquisite cars, that you, especially the one that you're going to give me, I'm going to have to build a garage or something <laughs> behind my house now. Uh, when will it arrive? Well, uh, we'll work on that. I'll, you know, you're you're across the you're across the country from me. It may take me a while in that car. And the first year yeah. that, that Ford built that that model was 1929 with the rumble seat. So yes. it's going to okay. take me a while okay. to get that car all the way to New York. So you've got a little time, but you better start building now because uh, you yeah. know I could show up any yeah. week. But yeah. yeah, it could take me a week or more to get yeah. there. And you know, and you know what? If I drove it to a car show, it would uh, draw a lot of attention, and, yeah. and, and people would be flocking around because it's something that a lot, you know, as early as it was made, people really enjoy looking at uh, those uh, old, exquisite cars. Absolutely. Henry, you've taken us on a great journey today. This has been really fun. I really enjoyed your stories. And I want to do a shout out to Mary Kay Satriano. She's a past guest here on Cars Yeah. She's the executive director at the Malcolm Prey Achievement Center. She introduced me to Henry. So thank you, Mary Kay, for this uh, kind introduction. I had a wonderful time talking with you today. Before I let you go, I want you to offer our listeners one little piece of wisdom or guidance before you drive off into the sunset in that 1929 Ford. Ford model Roadster with a rumble seat in the back. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. Oh, boy. Well, driving off down that road that you've just described, uh, there's a part of it that you can see, and then there's a curve down there, and you can't see around that curve, but take it, take it to your heart that what's around the curve is just going to be just as enjoyable as that straight section that you were on when you started. <laughs> yeah. You just have to, just have to have a faith and, and hope that uh, you're able to take it in and enjoy it. Absolutely. Yes. But that's, that's, that's the trip that we're all on. If you got love in your heart, you, you won't have any problem. And again, there's so much that you don't know. There's nothing that you can't learn. There you go. Henry, thank you for being so generous today with your time and expertise and for sharing your I life's experiences. It. This was really fun. Until you and I talk again, my friend, and I drive up that driveway with that Ford for you, I'll see you <laughs> down the road. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's, been a, it's really been a, great, uh, a pleasure. This was fun. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah! Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah! Cars Yeah!